This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Racing back to the white flag. What a move. First by Kyle. What a move. Second by Logano, and it gets him the lead. White flag is out. Joey Logano headed to one for the final time. Crowd is going nuts. They're three wide for fifth, but at the front of the pack, Joey Logano has the lead, and he is gone off turn two. Opening up three car lengths, four car lengths, five car lengths in front. Joey Logano, the race leader, for the final time. Back to corner number three with Kyle Busch and second, Ryan Blaney in third, Joey Logano the leader. As he exits turn number four, the fans on their feet waving their hats. Checkered flag in the air. Joey Logano wins the inaugural Enjoy Illinois 300 at Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Kyle Rickey. Welcome into another edition of NASCAR Live. Kyle Rickey filling in for the vacationing Mike Bagley this week as we get set for a very busy hour. We'll recap this past weekend at Worldwide Technology Raceway as the NASCAR Cup Series made its debut with NASCAR Live Backtracks. We'll talk to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. We'll take a look at NASCAR's history of racing in the state of California as we head to Sonoma this weekend. We'll preview this weekend's NASCAR Cup Series action at the Sonoma Raceway. The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series ends a 24-year hiatus by returning to wine country this weekend and much, much more. But first, Chris Wilner is here with the latest headlines in NASCAR Nation. Well, fantastic news is coming out of this weekend, and that's that St. Louis seems to have hit a home run with the inaugural running of the NASCAR Cup Series. Positive receptions from both the fans and the industry alike has given track officials hope that NASCAR will greenlight this race for what they hope is the foreseeable future. Now, even though this track does not have a confirmed date on the 2023 schedule, the president of Worldwide Technology Raceway, Curtis Francois, says he's confident the track put on a good enough show for NASCAR to come back next year. Over the weekend, news came out of the garage area that one of the biggest stars might have hinted he's close to saying goodbye to the sport. That driver's 2017 NASCAR Cup Series champion, Martin Truex Jr., the 41-year-old who just made his 600th career start this weekend, has stated it's something he's thought about every day and that his plans for next year are still up in the air. The answer to this question will probably come in the next couple of months 
as Joe Gibbs Racing needs to finalize its driver lineup for the 2023 season. Heading into Sonoma, we'll see numerous cup drivers in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race. All-time Truck Series win leader Kyle Busch is in the 51. Alex Bowman is in the Spire Motorsports 7 truck. Harrison Burton is making his return to the series, and he'll be driving for David Gillen Racing in the number 17. You can catch all these stars and more Saturday night for the DoorDash 250 that you can listen exclusively live on the Motor Racing Network. Thank you, Chris. Coming up, a NASCAR Live backtracks of Sunday's Enjoy Illinois 300. And later, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. joins the show. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Cup Series made its long-awaited debut at Worldwide Technology Raceway on Sunday afternoon for the Enjoy Illinois 300 presented by Ticket Smarter. In front of a capacity crowd, St. Louis race fans were treated to another action-packed Sunday in the NASCAR Cup Series. Let's remember all the action with another edition of NASCAR Live Backtracks. Sold out crowd on their feet here at Worldwide Technology Raceway just outside of St. Louis. It is the inaugural event for the NASCAR Cup Series. The field now off four, making their way to the stripe and the green flag is in the air. One, stay ready. It's gonna be green, green, green. Clean start here, all rolling. Still hanging on your door. Briscoe will Angela. He'll take the lead in turn number two. Down across the nose is Cindric. He'll fall in line in second. They're looking three wide for third. Here they come off the end of the back stretch for the first time this afternoon. Here's Tyler Reddick to the high side of the racetrack. He's got third. Christopher Bell races up along the inside lane of the racetrack. Ryan Blaney is there. Thought about stacking them three wide. The history books will forever read lap number one for the Cup Series at Gateway, led by Chase Briscoe. Austin We'll chase him into one. By three to the two, then by five behind that. Chase Briscoe by four over Austin Sindrick. Ryan Blaney beginning to reel in the top two. The only person really matching your pace is the one car. He's that same lane you've been running in one and two and three and four. He runs the radius so a longer center exit, but he is up a lane. Yeah, really similar to that. His best laps are about a half just better than you. He's the only one blowing up top here. Yeah, you see Ten positions. Trouble turn one. The leader is off the pace. Chase Briscoe has got a problem. There is a left rear tire down on the high point board. Chase Briscoe from the lead. He'll head to pit road as they make it around to turn three. Well, left rear. Ten four. Stay up here. Stay up. Try and get down to the bottom now if you can. Stay up. Stay up. Stay up. Stay up. Okay, just stay down now. Stay down. Stay down. Stay down here. All lined up, got to use your access road here. Austin Sindrick across the line, and the green and white checkered flag is out. And Sindrick picks up the stage one win here on lap number 45. He will pick up the win over Ryan Blaney, his teammate Tyler Reddick, Denny Hamlin. Green checkered right here. Really nice work. Get your green and orange switches. Green and orange switches on. So when I'm pointed correctly, I am loose off. But I'm trying not to turn the wheel because I can't add extra wheels in the center. Or else I'll bust the ass in loose. 
um, and then I get tight on the exit. Um, so I'm keeping the wheel pretty straight, and it's, and it's allowed me to keep it tighter on exit or two, but if we never do get the center to turn, I think we still will be a little free off. This is Trouble the turn two, Danny Hamlin gets hit from behind by Ross Chastain. He wallops the outside safer barrier. Hold it up there, hold it up there. Uh, we've been keeping our eye on something that is going to develop and may not be, or what was developing, and I don't think it's over yet. Ross Chastain needs to run and hide from Denny Hamlin, Dave. You saw it off of turn number two. Denny ran Ross all the way to the apron, and I don't think this is done just yet. No, because Denny Hamlin is running far enough off the pace that the leaders are going to bypass him about every 10 to 15 laps. Danny Hamlin ran Ross Chastain all the way to the grass at the exit of turn number three. Ross, there was no way for a million dollars that he was going to try and pass Denny on the outside. And you're right, I'm not sure Denny Hamlin's going to cool down considerably between now and the next time Ross Chastain comes off. Catching this 11 up here into three. He lane shifted when he got into one. I mean, surely he won't. He really struggles in the center over here, so you time it out to go around him. Still out there on your tight, really tight. You're clear. Still right with you, you're clear. We'll handle that after the race. Don't worry about it. Copy. Yeah, focus towards lap 81. I hope they're proud of the tower of our superstars. Coming by the start-finish line, here's Denny Hamlin. They're going to go to the outside of Hamlin. Hamlin now runs up in front of Chastain in turn one. Chastain goes to the bottom. Hamlin goes to the bottom. Chastain goes to the top. Hamlin goes to the top. Finally, Ross Chastain makes his way under, but he's lost a third of the back straightaway now to Austin Pindrick. Spotted with the 11. I think your driver made his point about 25 laps ago. Believe you know what I'm talking about. Chase Elliott shoves Ross Chastain all the way into one. Boy, Chastain just wants to get out of there with his fast bumper and deck. Elliott puts him in the fence. He up. Chastain gets up and scuffs the outside wall. He's got a flat tire. Chase Elliott puts Chastain in the fence. Everybody's rolling. Half in front. Ninth lined up with you. Ninth still lined up with you. Still get in front. Bottom's clear. Inside now. Inside. Ninth. Uh, inside. Inside. Levin's on you tight. You're clear. We do have to make minimum speed here. Right on by him here. Take care of your stuff as best you can. What the? I don't know what to tell you, man. Not, nothing behind you guys here. Joey Logano dials up the low line. He drifts way up the track. He shoves Kyle Busch halfway to the wall, and he takes the lead out of turn two. Still side by side. Still there, the 18. Still there, still there, quarter, still there, still out there, still there, still there, quarter, bumper, clear, clear. But I do want to turn your attention at the moment to Joey Logano, Alex Hayden. We come here, brand new track for the Cup Series. We've done that a couple times of late, and there's a there's kind of a coincidence here, isn't there? Well, is it a coincidence or becoming a habit now Good for point. Joey Logano? First time Cup Series race at a particular facility. Well, Logano, if you think back, the first time the NASCAR Cup Series raced on dirt at Bristol Motor Speedway, Joey Logano picked up the win there. Think back to the Bush Light Clash to start this season off with this brand new race car at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. New track, new card, Joey Logano wins that race. And he's out front right now with 21 laps to go. 22 to go. 
40 to his 50. You're back to a one second gap. Kyle's gotten a little bit of breathing room. Doesn't look like he's gained a lot though. 49 to his 44. One and two visually looks like you're gaining on them every lap. Yeah, and we're just monitoring the radio with Paul Wolf and Joey Logano said, I'll do whatever Ryan wants to do. And Ryan Blaney's spotter told the Logano camp, well, he's going to the top. So expect possibly Joey Logano to restart topside to have Ryan Blaney right behind. That's where Blaney wants to be. And that's how Joey Logano feels it's going to be the best shot to have Blaney right behind him for a push. We'll wait and see how it plays out. Here's the one to go. They get to the orange V painted on the racetrack. Logano goes inside. Kyle Busch goes outside and Blaney. Blaney goes outside. Blaney picked the bottom with me. I'll ask Josh. The only thing Blaney said was he plans on taking top. Here comes Kyle Busch across the line. Logano stalking him right behind is Ryan Blaney. And Kyle trying to get away, opens it up by a car length, maybe two. Arguably the two best drivers in the sport as we sit right now, battling for the inaugural win in the Enjoy Illinois 300. Car in the wall is Kevin Harvick. Caution is on the speedway. Harvick pounds the safer barrier out there. Four to go, four more. Caution. Yellow's out. Another shot at it. Hey, you're doing an awesome job there. Green flag is in the air and we're racing again. Logano, Kyle Busch, side by side for the lead, headed to one. You got push, he doesn't. He has no push, he has no push. Half off Blaney, in line by half, in line by half, in line by half. Still there. Still out there. Quarter, bumper, clear. Quick one, quick one, quick one, quick one. You're clear. Watch across, cross it down, cross it down. Inside, inside, inside. Inside 18. Inside, two back, both lanes behind. 45's up top ahead. Just the 18 here, two back behind. Still there, two back behind. You're clear, you're clear. You're still clear, still clear. Come on down, come on, come on. Still there, half bottom, half bottom. You're all clear, all clear, all clear. White flag here. No pressure, no run. You're good by two, good by three. White flag, one more. Three ahead of the 18. Nearly touching as they enter the banking of turn one. Logano does as expected. He shoves him up the track. Kyle Busch crosses over. Kyle to the bottom. He's back inside for the lead. A drag race down the back straight away to settle things here this afternoon. Here comes Kyle Busch charging up to the inside. He's got the lead. He's in front. He washes up to the top of turn three. Here comes Logano to the inside. Racing back to the white flag. What a move. First by Kyle. What a move. Second by Logano. And it gets him the lead. White flag is out. Joey Logano headed to one for the final time. Crowd is going nuts. They're three wide for fifth, but at the front of the pack, Joey Logano has the lead and he is gone off turn two. Opening up three car lengths, four car lengths, five car lengths in front. Joey Logano, the race leader, for the final time. Back to corner number three with Kyle Bush in second, Ryan Blaney in third, Joey Logano, the leader. As he exits turn number four, the Fans on their feet waving their hats. Checkered flag in the air. Joey Logano wins the inaugural Enjoy Illinois 300 at Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. He's rolling to the top by four. Just bring it home here. Hell yeah. Nice job, dude. Hell yeah, baby. I'll see you in Louisiana, baby. St. Louis, where the hell we are. Let's go. Yeah. We did have the best car, didn't we? The best team. Let's go! Hell yeah. Thanks for the push, Blaney. Good push. Uh, this team adapts pretty quickly. I think that's probably some of it. Uh, their prep work is really good, and um, we, we unloaded fast. We just unloaded with good speed in, in our uh, Shell Penzo Mustang, and we tuned on it a little bit, and you know, all the Penske cars are really good. Blaney was obviously really good being able to drive through the field, and 
we were able to do the two-tire call and put us in position to uh, to get a victory. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to get a, get a win on, on the first shot here at, at the Worldwide Technology Raceway here, and so pretty proud of it. Coming up, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. looks to start a new top 10 streak. And later, our friend Dan Hubbard takes us through the history of racing in California. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s record top 10 streak ended on Sunday with a 32nd place finish at the Worldwide Technology Raceway. Despite that, Stenhouse Jr. and the number 47 team at JTG Doherty Racing have been one of the hottest race teams over the past month of the season. Our Chris Wilner caught up with Stenhouse to discuss the turnaround and what lies ahead for the team during the summer months. It's a topic each and every week, but for you personally, how much fun is it to drive this next-gen car? I mean, you have to be up on the wheel. The line is so thin, and it's so easy to cross over. Do you feel like that you're enjoying this next-gen car, especially now that we've pretty much hit every single type of racetrack we'll have on the schedule at least once? Yeah, for sure on the mile and a half, and you know, kind of the higher-speed racetracks, I mean, I don't think you could ask for you know much better racing uh, and and fun to drive. Like you said, you're so close to the edge. Yeah, it could be better in you know dirty air, but um, you know you're never going to have it perfect. So um, you know, but it is so on edge, and you know you're you're trying to push it. You're trying to push it. I mean, obviously you you see more people spin out now than than you've ever seen. You know, and since I've been in the Cup Series, I feel like so. And that's just, you know, we're pushing it every lap and, and it's easier to step over the line. And, um, you know, I think that's that's what makes it fun. Looking ahead too, we have Sonoma on the horizon, you know, a tough road course with this next gen car. Um, where do you guys feel out your road course game is, especially when we have Sonoma and then a popular place like Road America too. So how's the team gelling with, with the road course style of things with this car? Yeah, we had some, we had a couple issues at, at, um, at, at Coda, but, you know, I felt like on the long run, our car was was really good there. And, you know, I didn't have like the all out speed for qualifying and, you know, the, the fastest laps in the race, but I felt like after, you know, five or six laps on tires, I felt really competitive and felt like we could run inside the top 15. So, you know, looking at Sonoma, you know, where tire fall off is, is really big. Um, you know, if we can have those, you know, a good long run car, you know, we can, we can be in contention for a top 10 or something. So. You know, last year at, at Road America, you know, again, we had a good long run car and we were able to, the last run we ran from 32nd to 12th, um, you know, on that last green flag run. So, you know, anything's possible. Uh, you just gotta have a good car underneath you uh, that takes care of the tires and uh, and be, you know, have a smooth, no mistake race and execute well. And, and I think that's what we've been doing over the last month is we've had good cars, but we've also executed well. and. Uh, when things kind of go sideways, we, you know, we get it back on track like we did uh, at the Coke 600. So, uh, 
yeah, a lot of a lot of fun racetracks coming up, a lot of unknowns, a uh, lot of a lot of different tracks, and so um, yeah, we'll just try and keep keep the momentum going. Unknown. That seems to be just the like drinking word of 2022, really for, for this sure. car this year. Um, but one more thing on the road courses too, just as far as the handling for these cars compared to the Gen Six cornering speeds or what you're how quickly you're able to get you know downshifted or, or use the brakes i mean what are the biggest differences between the two i would say at the road courses it's it's definitely the braking zones you know how far you can push it is you know it's just got way more capability than than our old car and then obviously when you're grabbing gears it's it's a lot easier just you know push it forward or pull it back so um you know i think that part is fun. And, and like you said, the, the cornering capability, I think is, is better. Um, so, you know, road courses are, are a totally different animal. I feel like now, um, you know, you got people that are, you know, I would say you can push the issue more when you're trying to make passes because you feel more confident in the car. And for me, that's something that, you know, I always felt kind of timid at road courses making passes because I, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, when I was at Roush, we wheel hopped a lot. And so I was never super aggressive on road courses because I was—I just didn't want to crash somebody, you know, trying to make a pass. So um, I feel like I can be a little bit more on the offensive side now, you know, with this race car. Thanks, Chris. Coming up, we learn about NASCAR's long history in the state of California. And later, Christian Eckes joins the show. This episode is brought to you by AT&T Fiber. And in honor of their straightforward pricing, we're going to have a straightforward moment, just you and me. Be honest. When you're listening to ads like this one right here, you don't just sit there, ears glued and waiting to make a note of interesting offers, do you? Of course not. You're checking out your fantasy stats or catching up on the scores or doing any number of other things you want to do. I get it. I'm not fully paying attention to this ad either. I've got the game playing in a little window on my laptop as I read this. It's called multitasking. And now that we're being straightforward with each other, here's something else that can be totally straightforward. Your internet. No, seriously. Because when you become a gagillionaire with AT&T Fiber, you don't just get super fast internet speeds, you get a bill that's straightforward all the way. Equipment fees, price increase at 12 months, not a thing here. Everything is straightforward the way it should be. And that's it. You can go ahead and check on your fantasy team now. Straightforward is better. No equipment fees, no data caps, no price increase at 12 months. Live like a gagillionaire with AT&T Fiber. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Cup Series heads back to the Golden State of California for the final time this season, as the series will race again at Sonoma. So far this season, we've seen the Cup cars at the historic L.A. Coliseum, and back at Auto Club Speedway following a two-year hiatus. With the Cup Series heading back west, we thought it'd be a good time to take a look at the history of NASCAR racing in California. Here to help is our resident Californian, Dan Hubbard. NASCAR's roots may trace back to the old dirt roads of the South, but there's plenty of the sports history associated with the West Coast, in particular, the state of California. Not only has California been home to some of the best tracks in NASCAR, it's featured some of the greatest drivers in NASCAR history. California was the stuff of dreams in NASCAR's early days, boasting the allure of Hollywood and the endless sunshine of the West Coast. Before the modern era, the Grand National Series, Cup's predecessor, often sanctioned multiple races in the same week all over the country 
country, and many of them took place in California. From the early 1950s into the early 60s, California boasted a dozen tracks that held at least one point-paying event at its top level. Some of those early tracks that have been lost with time include Ascot Park in Gardena, which held three Cup Series events between 1957 and 1961. Bay Meadow Speedway in San Mateo, which held three Grand National races into the mid-50s, and Capital Speedway in Sacramento, which held a singular Grand National event at its dirt track in 1957. NASCAR's modern era has seen four Golden State tracks become regulars on the Cup Series schedule. Ontario Motor Speedway hosted Cup races from 1971 to 1980. A.J. Foyt, one of the greatest auto racers in history won the first two races in Ontario, while NASCAR Hall of Famer's Bobby Allison, Bobby Allison, that blue, white, and red American Motors Matador, comes around turn four, driving it just the same as he's driven it the whole time. Sweet sounding, sweet handling, and sweet driving. What an amazing finish. Looked like five cars to be together. Allison waves. He's waving to the crowd as he crosses the line. Bobby Allison in the American Motors Matador. Second victory for the little factory car. Matador has done it today, and the Coke machine finishes in first place. Buddy Baker and David Pearson. Two car length advantage. They're going to take the high line into three. Brooks takes the low line, gets right next to him. He is still just a half car length behind him. Now he gets out in front of him. Brooks has the advantage. Half a car length. They're caught in his feet. They're side by side out of turn four. Side by side heading for start finish. David Pearson wins it. Pearson brings it home. All found their way to victory lane during the Cup Series decade of racing at Ontario. One of the early tracks to survive and play a major role in NASCAR's modern era was Riverside International Raceway. Riverside, a road course, often held the season opening race while also staging the season finale from 1981 to 1986. During that time, Riverside watched Bobby Allison further back in the field here comes the new Winston Cup champion, waving as he crosses and takes the checkered flag. Bobby Allison has won his championship. Along with Terry Labonte and Dale Earnhardt, all become series champions. Allison may hold the record for Cup Series wins at Riverside, but Riverside didn't treat anyone better than it did Darrell Waltrip. DW celebrated all three of his Cup Series championships at Riverside while also winning at the road course 11 times. Once in the race of champions, five times in K&N Pro Series West, and five times in the NASCAR Cup Series, the last coming in 1986. Checkered flag with the yellow, and Darrell Waltrip will pick up his first victory of 1986. Riverside would end its 30-year stint on the Top Series schedule in 1988 as Rusty Wallace won the final two races at Riverside. Here's Rusty Wallace all by himself about to win the Winston Western 500 to close out the season out here for himself. Sonoma Raceway, then known as Sears Point, took the place of Riverside in 1989 as NASCAR's California road course of choice with Ricky Rudd becoming its first winner. Here's Rusty Wallace closing hard. Rusty Wallace with a lot of smoke from the brakes. He goes wide. Ricky Rudd holds the inside groove. Ricky Rudd will try and break a 22-race winless streak. He won at Watkins Glen. He wins here at Sears Point Raceway, Sonoma, California. Ernie Irvin would become the first two-time winner at the track in 1994, with Rusty Wallace matching the feat a few years later in 1996. Here's Martin's final chance to pass. He looks to the outside of Rusty Wallace under braking. Now tries to cut back to the inside. They work their way now under acceleration off the final corner. Wallace has the car solidly underneath him. Now for the final sprint to the checkered flag and his second win in the Save Mart 300. It's Rusty Wallace winning this afternoon. One cannot tell the history of NASCAR in California without talking about some of the great California-born drivers. 
Jeff Gordon, born in Vallejo, California, was a four-time Cup Series champion, a three-time Daytona 500 champion, a record six-time Southern 500 champion, among many other accolades during his Hall of Fame career. Gordon is the winningest Cup driver of all time from California, but he's also tied with fellow Hall of Famer Bobby Allison as the winningest drivers in California with eight apiece. Gordon holds the record of five wins at Sonoma Raceway, winning three straight from 1998 to 2000, while also winning three times at Auto Club Speedway, the first in 1997 when the track debuted, and the last coming in 2004. And Bobby Labonte pulls over. He's off the pace. Bobby Labonte slows down. He's wanting the car to the left and the right, trying to get fuel to the carburetor. It's going to be clear sailing for Jeff Gordon. But indeed, the bright California sun will shine on a native sun, as Joe said at the opening of the broadcast. Career win number 66, California win number three for Jeff Gordon and the DuPont team. He takes the win in the Auto Club 500. Sitting right behind Gordon is seven-time Cup Series champion and El Cajon native Jimmy Johnson. Johnson won seven times at California tracks, including a record six times at Auto Club Speedway. Into turn number three, the Superman colors with Jimmy Johnson at the front of the field. The California driver who's done so well over the years at Auto Club Speedway is going to do it again. Jimmy Johnson with a five-car length lead comes back to the line for the sixth time. He will win at Auto Club Speedway in the Auto Club 400. To this day, the NASCAR Cup Series features several prominent drivers who hail from the Golden State, including Kevin Harvick, Tyler Reddick, and the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion, Kyle Larson. A bonsai move for Austin Dillon at the bottom of the racetrack, gonna try to pull the slide job. He can't do it. Off turn four, Kyle Larson comes to the line. Austin Dillon giving pursuit, checkered flag in the air, and Kyle Larson wins the Wise Power 400. Larson, the winner in his home state, the Golden State Golden Boy, is headed back to Ruoff Mortgage Victory Lane. Earlier this season, NASCAR took a trip to maybe California's grandest stage, holding this year's Bush Clash at the L.A. Coliseum. Time to get to it. Everybody has been anticipating this moment. The field off to down the back straightaway, getting ready for the start here at the Coliseum and for the start. Here is the Motor Racing Network's Alex Hayden. The 2022 NASCAR Cup Series is officially underway. Green flag is in the air at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. There's little doubt that California is as much a part of NASCAR history as any of the other regions NASCAR visits on an annual basis. NASCAR will write another chapter of this history this weekend in Sonoma. Thank you, Dan. Coming up, the trucks are headed back to Sonoma this weekend. We'll talk to Christian Eckes about it. And later we hear what drivers are expecting as they prepare for another road course at Sonoma Raceway. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's been 24 years since the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series raced at Sonoma Raceway. The last time the tough trucks were in wine country, the track wasn't named Sonoma. It was Sears Point Raceway. 
Finally, the truck series is set to make its return to the Northern California track this weekend. One driver who has been on a tear the past few weeks is Thorsport Racing's Christian Eckes, who has posted four straight top five finishes, including a runner-up finish last weekend at Gateway. Our Jason Toy caught up with Eckes to discuss his recent form and what he's expecting this weekend at Sonoma. All right, Christian, let's start things off and talking about a fantastic season that you guys are having so far. I mean, what, last four weeks, last four races, you've had top fives, you've had a couple of second place finishes. You guys are definitely on a roll. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I wish we could uh, redo a couple of them at the at the end of the races, but uh, just overall, super proud of everybody at Thor Sport Racing for uh, bringing fast trucks, uh, executing well the past couple of weeks, and uh, running how we should be. Um, you know, like I said, I wish, I wish we could redo a couple of them, because uh, Akasha came out two of the last three while leading with two, three to go. So it is what it is, though. Just just really proud of everybody, like I said, and uh, we'll move on from here. You know, you came out uh, after running the Arca Series, great handful of wins and driving for Kyle Busch Motorsports. And uh, after that last season in 2020, you did a part-time schedule splitting there with Thor Sport. How is it now getting back to full-time, knowing every week that the trucks are on the track, you're going to be in one of those trucks? It's a, it's a relief for sure, you know, kind of sitting there after 2020, not knowing what I was going to do, not knowing if I was going to race at all. Um, it was tough, but, you know, thankfully, uh, Duke and Rhonda gave me an opportunity last year, and uh, I feel like I, I did I did what I needed to do to uh, get a full-time opportunity, and, um, you know, getting that full-time opportunity is, has been good, to, to say the least, you know, to have that, that security and, you know, to be able to build week to week um, and just everything about it, man. I'm, I'm really happy where I'm at and, and hopefully can be there for the years to come. You talked about Duke and Rhonda, of course, Duke and Rhonda Thorson, the, uh, the owners of Thor Sport. And they have, have a special place in a lot of hearts in the Camper World Truck Series and in NASCAR in general, not only for the longevity they've been in this series and running, but also the careers that they have started as well. How special of people are Duke and Rhonda? Yeah, they're amazing. You know, like I said, they, they gave me a shot in 2021 when, when nobody did. So um, I owe everything to them, you know, all my success the, the past two years. And it's, it's been an honor and a privilege to race for them and, and to get to know them and, and become close friends. And that they're very, very, very active indeed in the racing series. Of course, they're not based in Charlotte. They're up in, in northwestern Ohio and kind of off the beaten path a little bit as well. It, it makes them a very unique team. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's really impressive. I, I didn't know the full extent of all that Thor Sport did um, until I got to meet Duke and, and see the shop in December of 2020 or January of 2021. I don't remember. Um, but we do everything, you know, outside of the motors, which obviously respect for Millmore. Uh, we build the chassis, we build the bodies, we, we do everything in-house. Um, so it's been really cool to see uh, not only what they can do, but uh, also the improvements that we've made uh, over the past two years alone to get better. It's not just you that's running well in Thor Sport. It's, you know, everybody it seems like. Ty's having a fantastic year jumping in. And, you know, Matt's Matt's probably hadn't gotten as much of the results that he's hoping for, but he continues to, to get stronger and stronger every week. It just seems like a total team effort. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the teamwork aspect at Thor Sport Racing has been, has been pretty strong this year. Um, you know, we all work together and we all want the same thing. You know, I think it's been a while since all four teams have, have made the playoffs and, and that's the ultimate goal this year is, is to make that happen. So um, I'll, I'll steam ahead for, for Thor Sport Racing for sure. 
Let's talk about the, the race this weekend. You guys are heading out to Sonoma Wine Country for the first time in 20-plus years for the Truck Series. Now, your teammate Ben Rhodes has ran there before. I believe Matt's ran there before in the past yep. as well. How much are you leaning on those guys to get you some uh, get you an idea of what's going on? Of course, Ben drove the cup race last year out there. Yeah, I haven't talked to Ben yet, but I know he ran the cup race, like I said, last year. So I'll have to uh, lean on him for for some tips and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm not much of a road racer by any means. Uh, we finished sixth at Coda this year, but uh, I don't think we really should have. Um, so hopefully we have one of those uh, again where we run better than we should have. Or, or who knows, maybe I'll even run good. I, I don't know, but uh it's, it's definitely not my strong suit and i'm actually at the go-kart track right now trying to get better i'll say how do you prepare for a track like sonoma that you know obviously shows challenges for you guys because yeah. you've never been there you get sim work time this week you talked about being there at the go-kart track there at gopro so what do you how are you able to get everything built up yeah no i mean toyota racing really does a great job with with getting us prepared um we we have the simulator obviously in salisbury and uh, they have go-karts out here at GoPro Motorplex that we can come drive all the time now. So uh, they definitely give us all the tools we need. It's all about uh, just going out and using them. Are you going to jump in one of those micro sprints at one time? I don't know if I want to do that. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, maybe, but I, I got to get invited we, first. I'll say, well, Toyota has the, the, the micro sprints that they run out there at Millbridge in North Carolina. And, some of the Toyota drivers have been jumping in there. You got dirt race coming up at Knoxville. So, I mean, that's maybe you need a little time on that. I know. I know. I might have to ask next week to do that. Thanks, Jason. Coming up, we preview this weekend's Cup Series action at Sonoma in later this week in NASCAR history. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Cup Series haulers are making the trip out west once again this weekend, this time to wine country, as two of NASCAR Series are once again racing at Sonoma Raceway. Here is what some of the drivers have to say ahead of this weekend's Toyota Save Mart 350. After a weekend near the Gateway to the West, the NASCAR Cup Series will head to the West Coast for their annual trip to wine country and Sonoma Raceway in California. Cup Series features many California natives, including defending series champion Kyle Larson. Larson's also the defending champion of this race, and he says winning close to home is always extra special. Yeah, that was that was great. Um, I always love going out to Sonoma yeah, because it's home, really close to home, and even if it wasn't, you know, Sonoma is such a beautiful, you know, Napa Valley is such a beautiful place. That you, you usually go out early and spend it as vacation and do some wine tours. And, you know, since I am from out there, you get to see some friends and uh, make new friends and, you know, then, then get to race in front of all those people. And, uh, you know, last year getting the win was special, you know, getting to celebrate in Victory Lane with uh, a lot of our friends. You know, getting to see, uh, you know, some old, not old, but, you know, drivers that I used to race, you know, sprint cars with that I don't get to see often anymore. Stuff like that. Our friends camp there, so we'll go and you know eat food with them before the races and stuff. So it's just a fun, kind of relaxing weekend for me, and and um, yeah, good to be at home. Last year, Larson emerged as a challenger to the throne of the King of the Road Course Racing that's currently held by his teammate Chase Elliott. Neither Elliott nor Larson factored into the battle for the win in the first road course race in this new car back at Circuit the Americas. Elliott says the racing isn't that different 
but he's still learning exactly what he needs in this car. I'm still learning a lot of little details that I'm still, you know, trying to become accustomed to and feel good about and, you know, ha have enough experience to know what I want in, in the car. I think that was something where we got to a point with the old car. I could, I could almost identify, like, what part of the car I needed to work better, and I haven't really gotten there with, with this thing yet. But uh, you know, hopefully I will, you know, at some point be able to help my guys and be able to steer us in better direction as time goes but as far as the you know the road course thing goes you know i thought coda was very similar to what we've had you know the shifting is a little different the the car does drive a little different here and there but it's still road racing and i i thought that it showed that you know throughout the event so i, I think it'll be much like sonoma of the past and a heavy stock car on four tires turning right and left i, I mean i don't know we'll see but i don't think it'll be much different Kurt Busch is also a driver who tends to show up near the front of these races, and he thinks he's learned some things at Coda that he will be able to take into this weekend's race in the Golden State. The cars in Coda uh, really chewed up the tires, and I expect the same at Sonoma. Uh, Sonoma's more of a rhythm track and doesn't have a lot of speed, and so you have to find that rhythm with this car. And the gearing, the gearing's going to be different. We used to always set the Sonoma track up with second gear as the primary gear for most of the corners. And with this car, the gears are somewhat set and you basically can't change it. And I hope that the gearing uh, is, is happy in most of the corners, but I'm afraid we're going to be double shifting more than we're supposed to be just because the gears have been so random this year. So tire wear and gearing are going to be the big things at Sonoma. One thing that was on display at Coda was an even higher aggression level than what we already seen at road courses. Kyle Busch expects that to continue this weekend. Uh, yeah, I would expect it to be just as aggressive. I think the car lends itself to that. Everybody knows all these cars are the same. We buy them all from the same place. And so it, it's up to you to make it go. And so, uh, you know, they're going to push their limits and they're going to push the car's limits. And sometimes that's into each other. And, um, you know, I think you'll see the same such happen at Sonoma. While the younger Bush brother expects a certain style of racing on Sunday, Larson says that Sonoma as a track just doesn't lend itself to some of the crazier moves that we saw back in Austin. I'm not sure. I think it'll be a typical kind of Sonoma race. It's just it lacks a lot of grip. So it's I feel like hard to be extremely aggressive there where Coda's got you know more grip. So more grip and, and higher speeds. So you can be more aggressive, you know, higher, you know, bigger braking zones, stuff like that. So. Um, I, I think you could watch any Sonoma race and it'll probably be a lot like that one. One thing that'll be different at Sonoma this weekend than it's been in recent years is the course layout. After two years of running the carousel, the track has reverted to its shorter layout, running what it's called the chute. Kevin Harvick welcomes the change and thinks that this layout fits the stock cars better. Yeah, the carousel just didn't work very good for where our cars were in time. You know, I ran the carousel back in 1995 in the Southwest Tour car and don't remember it being like it has the, the last couple years. It almost, it really kind of, the cars didn't go through there very well. Um, it kind of took that turn four to turn seven, you know, passing opportunities away and just kind of slowed the speed down. And I don't know, it just didn't, didn't, didn't feel great with, with our cars. So I think it's a good move going back to, to where we were. I think it fits our cars better. Could Harvick find his way to victory lane and make it too straight for Ford? Or could one of the Bush brothers make Toyota proud and claim the checkered flag in the Toyota Save Mark 350? Sunday afternoon holds the answer to that question. The green flag is set for shortly after 4 p.m. Coming up, we've got this week in NASCAR history. 
Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. All right, it's that time again. Susie Armstrong is here with This Week in NASCAR History. Take it away, Susie. Thanks, Mike. 1982, synth poppers The Human League coveted the top of the charts with mega single Don't You Want Me. Henry Thomas and Drew Barrymore helped a wayward alien phone home in Steven Spielberg's E.T., The Extraterrestrial. President Ronald Reagan flew across the pond to meet up with Pope John Paul II and Queen Elizabeth II. And Bobby Allison hovered near the front with Richard Petty all day on the tricky triangle, ultimately driving to Victory Lane at Pocono Raceway. We had a uh, battle to see who could go the lowest coming out of turn number one. Petty went low, and Allison went even lower, trying to stay uh, ahead of him, I guess, as they go slowly now in turn number over the tunnel. And, uh, well, they picked up the pace as they move over the tunnel and on to, to, towards turn number three. Richard Petty with a couple of car lengths over Allison. They have left uh, Benny Parsons pretty much all by himself. We're getting the, the caution flag for rain out in turn number one. The caution is out. This will be it. Here comes Bobby Allison out of the corner, back to the line, and the race for third. Barney Hall will not materialize. Benny Parsons has a good job on the Harry Gap machine. Nineteen ninety-three, Steven Spielberg unleashed prehistoric terror and raked in a record two hundred eight million dollars at the box office as Jurassic Park opened from coast to coast. Organizers put the first shovel in Cleveland soil as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame broke ground in Ohio. And Dale Earnhardt dominated at Dover, leading 226 laps on the high bank concrete in the Budweiser 500. One mile to go for Earnhardt's and a victory. Black and silver colors of the Goodrich Chevrolet coming up off turn number two, swinging wide down the back straightaway for the last time. Jarrett tries all he can, still about a five-car length separation. Dale Earnhardt has been on a roll for the last few weeks, and it looks like it's going to continue as he comes through turns three and four. Dale Jarrett closes within four car lengths, and Earnhardt will win the Budweiser 500. Dale Jarrett will finish second. Oh, my gosh. 2010. Texas-born, Tennessee-raised R&B singer Usher paired up with rapper Will I Am, then likely exclaimed, oh my, as their USA number one hit, OMG, went international. The Washington Nationals recruit young right fielder Bryce Harper in the first round of the MLB draft, and Denny Hamlin swapped the lead all day in the honeymoon capital, landing up front as the final caution flew over the Gillette Fusion Pro Glide 500 at Pocono Raceway. Almost in the grass, Casey Kane spinning down to the inside of the racetrack. He is up and in the air. 
there. Greg Mickelson North, Truex, Newman, Ambrose, Mark Martin, they all want him up. Casey Kane back on all four tires. They're still crashing. Jeff Gordon and Pominard get a piece as they field wads up on the long punch straightaway. And here comes Denny Hamlin working into turn number three. He'll be coming to the checkered flag, and he will post his fourth win at Pocono, his fourth win of the 2010 season. Denny Hamlin gets the victory today. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. And that'll do it for this edition of NASCAR Live. We want to take a moment to thank Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Christian Eckes for joining us ahead of their events this weekend at the Sonoma Raceway in California. Now for the entire MRN crew, I'm Kyle Ricky. We'll see you back here next week on NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Wesselman, Julian Council, and Trey Downing. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com.